This podcast is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together with the best of live and on demand. Learn more at directtv.com. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome into a very, very special episode of the Buffalo Beat. Uh, the Bills are getting ready for their first game of the 2021 regular season, a season that many fans are hoping will be a a pretty large success. Uh, that's the way things have been talking. That's the way things have been trending. You know, the, the, the organization has not been hiding from these expectations. So we're, we're getting close into that, but we'll get all into the, the matchup and the, uh, the season ahead. But, uh, today is also a special episode because it's somewhat of a farewell because, uh, uh, our Matthew Fairburn is uh, heading elsewhere um, it, and uh, going to a new journey in his career. But uh, without stealing any thunder, Matthew, I'm sure you know we we had to address the elephant in the room before before anything. So uh, so Matthew, you know, let everybody know where you're going and and uh, and how people can can find you from from here on out. Yeah, I think. A lot of people probably saw yesterday announced uh, on The Athletic and, you know, on social media and stuff that I'll be heading east to cover the Patriots for The Athletic, um, you know, staying within the company and uh, moving into that market that has, you know, kind of been uh, in the back of my head as a goal for a while. Um, you never know how things are going to work out, right, whether whether it'll be able to happen or, or what, but... Uh, the opportunity kind of fell into my lap and uh, I'm from, you know, not too far from Boston, about 40 minutes north of the city. It's kind of a chance to to go home, um, take a shot at the big market, take a shot at, you know, that team that, that always seems to be at the forefront of, you know, of the news around the league, um, you know, as long as Belichick is there. So, yeah, it's um, it's exciting. It's super bittersweet um it's it's a lot i mean it's <laughs> been a it happened really fast and you know it's not you know it was going to be here or there basically for me in my career after you know i got so comfortable here met my wife here we you know had a son over the summer and you know we were pretty comfortable here um, certainly pushing ourselves out of our comfort zone, but, you know, we know we won't be too far. We'll be back visiting a bunch, uh, you know, Buffalo feels as much like home as, as Massachusetts does at this point. Um, but it felt like one of those opportunities that, that, you know, we didn't want to let pass by that, you know, if we, we passed it by, we would always thought about it. And, you know, no matter what happens, we'll, we'll have taken the shot. We'll, we'll know. And, you know, as uh, a lot of people that have probably lived in Buffalo or left Buffalo and come back, you know, came back. No, it's, uh, it's the type of place that, that can pull you back. And, you know, we're never saying never, we're not closing the door on that, but excited to, you know, get out there and, and, you know, see what I can do on the Patriots beat and see what, you know, what can happen. It's been a fun seven years on the bills beat, um, working with you and, and doing this podcast. It's, um, you know, working the last few years at the athletic, it's all been, you know, everything I could have asked for and, 
this felt like a natural next step to kind of push myself and and see what see what I can do. Um, it's a uh, you know it's it's weird in this business. There's not you know sometimes it's hard to see you know what's the the best next step or you know how do you climb climb the ladder and you know in some ways it's like you know the Bills are about to have this this amazing season uh, and I'm pretty confident it's going to happen. You know it's going to be a great season and you know, it's a little weird to, to walk away from that and, you know, into a team that is probably, you know, a year or two behind finding that, you know, that, you know, success again. But, you know, I'm, I've always kind of been drawn to the stories and, uh, and doing it, you know, on the, that stage, I think will be exciting. Um, but I'll certainly be, be watching from not too far in the division, you know, I, I keep, telling everybody who reaches out, like my wife and I are going to be back too much for anybody here to have a chance to miss <laughs> us. Um, you know, it's, it's a special place for us and, um, you know, we'll be back. We'll be back constantly. Her family's all here and, you know, we got a lot of special people here. Yeah. Um, it, uh, it is definitely a, uh, a bittersweet day for our listeners, for us, uh, for us here, you know, because, and we we started the the podcast basically together and uh and yeah so i think people have really enjoyed uh having uh having this show kind of and growing with this show and so so yeah it's uh it's definitely a um a bittersweet day but you know just from my perspective i i kind of put this on on twitter yesterday but i i could not be happier for for matt and christina his wife i mean they um they are great friends and getting to see Matt do what he, um, what he's always thought about doing has been pretty great. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm getting a little teary eyed because I'm an emotional guy, but, but yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be great, uh, no matter what. And I think, uh, for a lot of people, I think they're going to see how talented you are and, and everything along those lines. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna breathe for a minute um, because because yeah, it's uh again I I cried like a baby at, at my wedding and you know anytime my friends are doing great things so this is a uh, this is another another great great thing for for people that we love. All right, let's get into Bill's talk so I can freaking breathe for a second uh, <laughs> <laughs> because I am just a wreck. Um, so yeah, it's been a it's been a tear-filled few days in the Fairburn yeah. house um yeah for sure it's um it's tough it's yeah it's it's a lot so i apologize to everybody for for that just now <laughs> but you know six years of the podcast working with a guy for seven years being pretty close with him you know you, you, i think people I, I hope people can understand that anyway um so the bills are coming in and they uh, they have a matchup with the Steelers coming up here, but I think maybe before we get into the actual matchup side of things, uh, before you know you have to totally hone in on on Mac Jones and uh, how that defense is going over there. Uh, let's take kind of a a huge perspective on the um, on the actual uh, on the actual season for the Bills because you know this is we we've. We've done so much of the the in the weed stuff. We've talked about potential pitfalls. We've talked about potential uh, uh, 
potential successes for them, what what this season might look like, how it might be different for them. But when you look at this team on the whole, Matthew, and you'll you'll be watching from afar the, this season. But what what to you is like? All right, this is going to define like. If this happens, this will define the season. What would be the biggest thing that that um, either gets the Bills to where they want to go, or you know, let, lets them kind of slip down to where people didn't think they would they would land? Yeah, I think in simplest terms, it has to be Josh Allen and the offense matching or coming close to matching what they did a year ago, and there's no reason to think they can't do it. Um, you know, I. I wrote what ended up not really planned as my last Bill's story for The Athletic, but uh, a big collaboration I did with uh, Arif, um, our, our, you know, stats, resident stats expert, um, Mm -hmm. you know, advanced analytics guy, kind of a combined look at, you know, this idea of like, will Josh Allen regress, right? You know, everybody's been talking about it. You know, I talked to Josh about it and and a few, you know, coaches and Arif kind of dug into the you know, advanced analytics and, and the trends of guys that have broken out like that and, you know, what what has come afterwards. And, you know, or looking at nooks and crannies of how he did it and how, you know, sustainable it is. And really, you know, some people were like, oh, man, why are you writing this? You know, but the conclusion, you know, to people who got to the end was like, even if he regresses it, you know, based on the numbers and based on, you know, talking to people and watching them in the preseason, like, it shouldn't be drastic. And, you know, obviously if it is drastic, you know, that Mm -hmm. changes the whole outlook of the season. But I think the bills have reached a point as a franchise where they have something that every other team wants in that quarterback and that offense, that passing offense, you know, it's not just the quarterback, the quarterback's the big piece, the hardest piece to find, but there's a lot of teams that have had quarterbacks over the years but haven't been able to put the pieces around that quarterback. The Bills have done both. And if they play like they did on offense a year ago, there will be other stuff that will impact the overall wins and losses and particular matchups and games. But that's going to put them right back in the mix where they were last season. And sometimes you, know, sometimes you just need to be in the mix often enough and have things break your way. Uh, I think the offense kind of stalled a little bit in the playoffs last year. And, you know, in that game against the Chiefs, uh, there were failures on both sides of the ball. But that was their first time on that big stage uh, in that big moment. And I think if they get back there, they should be better positioned to handle it. And the way they get back there, yeah, you know, an improved pass rush, maybe, you know, um, slightly more efficient running game, you know, those things would help good play from the offensive line, you know, an area we've talked about all summer, but it comes down to whether the offense is going to be in the same tier that it was last year. Forget about the exact numbers or how it looks. If they're in that, that same tier, if they're as dangerous as they were in 2020, they should be right back in the postseason, right back, you know, in one of those top seeds, playing home games, uh, you know, in, in January. And then they just need to, to catch some breaks, maybe stay a little healthier, not have receivers playing through injuries. And, um, you know, maybe they're more ready. You know, maybe they play well enough to get a home game against the Chiefs in the playoffs. Um, 
you just don't know what's going to happen. But, you know, in the NFL, as long as you're in the mix a lot, you know, things have a chance to break your way and, you know, you could go all the way. And I think it, as much as there's a, a, a bunch of other things people will wonder about, about this team, they have the biggest thing seemingly figured out you know it's you know nothing's ever a guarantee from one year to the next in the nfl but it's a damn good offense it's bringing back every piece except one and i think they upgraded on that you know piece with getting emmanuel sanders over john brown so it's a they're i think they're ready to to repeat to some extent what they did a year ago yeah i I think so i mean the the josh allen regression point is something that you have to talk about just because he set career highs and everything he set franchise records in and everything every possible category but I think for him having having what is essentially a lot of the same and and uh and even so much as them leaning into what he does best even more this year you know sitting back and and thinking about how they constructed this roster and and what what uh, what we could end up seeing this year, and this is something that I'm that I'm writing for um, our weekly preview for uh, for the Bills and and in this Bills Steve Steelers game is last year the Bills were second in the league in um, percentage of time or percentage of plays that they ran ten personnel, which is four wide receivers out there. I am of the belief that. I think Brian Dable and company are going to lean into that even harder this year. Um, because, I mean, just just look at how this roster is kind of formulated. I mean, they, they kept two tight ends, one of which is a blocking first tight end, and he might not even play on Sunday. He, he might be a game day inactive. So when you have, you know, Dawson Knox is pretty much your primary guy, you're not going to go out there at 100% of snaps and 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 have Dawson Knox out there. I would not be shocked if they are if they challenge the Arizona Cardinals for that crown this year because if you look at from uh, a league perspective what you know we we see certain trends of talent at at certain positions but there just seems to be an overall discrepancy of in, between the elite corners and to where you get down to like the third or fourth best cornerback on a squad. There like there are legitimate matchup advantages every single week if you lean into that four wide receiver um four wide receiver look. Uh take this this game against the Steelers for instance. I mean, they lost two of their top cornerbacks in the offseason this past year. They still have Joe Hayden, but he's 32 years old. They still have Cam Sutton who is Pretty good, you know, not not super great or anything like that, but a, but a pretty good player. But after them, they had to trade a pick um, to Seattle to get a guy like Akello Witherspoon, who um, lost the the competition for their starting job, and and he might start for the Steelers. Uh, past that, you have guys like Justin Lane and and James Pierre. Like there's just these a lot of these unproven guys that um, you know in in Lane's and Witherspoon's case, they have struggled in the past. So. I think when you have the type of receiving core and the type of mind that a Brian Dable does, then you and a type of quarterback in Josh Allen, 
then I think there are legitimate advantages to just throwing the ball all over the yard. Now, the the one drawback to this point is, you know, you're not necessarily going to have max protection for for a guy like Josh Allen when when you have four receivers on the field. The only other guy that's out there usually is going to be a running back, and if he's kept in, then then he's got to be pretty darn good. So there is there is a little bit of a balancing act here, but you know, I it just feels like that is a way to help challenge the notion that he will regress to a large scale. And just by them, sheer volume, uh, taking advantage of those matchup opportunities and um, seeing really what what they can do with this sort of thing. And uh, I would not be shocked if, um, you know, last year I think they were at 14.4% of plays run in 10 personnel. I would not be shocked if they're somewhere between 20 to 25% with all when all is said and done this season. Yeah, you know, the point you make is a good one that not many teams have enough corners to handle it. And I don't know that there's enough corners in the league for a lot of teams to have, you know, enough. I think even when you look at the Bills roster, you would say if a team spreads them out, uh, they would have some trouble. Uh, Maybe not as much as most because they have Dane Jackson and Levi Wallace uh, and Dane can play in the slot when needed. And they have Saran Neal as, as a bigger bodied guy to handle. Uh, you know, tight ends in the slot and, you know, play a pretty good nickel role. They're probably better equipped than most, but you would still say that if you wanted to get to this defense, that was, you know, probably one way to do it. And I think the Bills recognize that as much as the offseason can be spent on, you know, what's going on with this running game or, you know, can they get more out of Dawson Knox? You know, those are two secondary things to the fact that they have so many wide receivers that they don't really need to lean on those guys. And that alone, I think, makes, uh, you know, this offense, you know, dangerous. And it's part of what makes Brian Dable, you know, a really sharp coordinator is that he doesn't feel like he needs balance for balance's sake. He doesn't feel like he needs to, you know, do something just to you know, if they're not good at one thing, but they're scoring a bunch of points, uh, he's not too concerned about it. So they have as good of personnel at wide receiver as just about any team in the league. And yeah. when when they're all healthy, it's really hard to to stop their four deep, their five deep even with Isaiah McKenzie uh, is Kumaro can really play tough. too for what it's worth. Yeah, you can throw Kumaro in there. He's probably a four on other teams, and he's mm-hmm. really a, a five or six on this team. Um, he might even be a three some places um, or better. Um, there's some yeah Detroit. He would, <laughs> Detroit. He would be number two. <laughs> yeah, there's some not not great receiving cores around the league, but yeah, I think what he you know, what these guys bring to the table at wide receiver uh, and how deep they are, it would be silly not to use it. And, you know, there's going to be teams that can get after the quarterback. And, you know, that's the risk when you spread spread the field a little bit is opening up the offensive line to have to protect. But, you know, and the Steelers are probably one of those teams. It's just that is the Bills' strength. And when they lean into it, it can be a hard thing to stop unless you have the corners or the scheme to pull it off. And there's just not many teams that do. Yeah. Uh, so that, that would be the the primary thing of how this, how this uh, team gets to where they need to be and putting themselves in the position for the playoffs, because in almost, and I know this isn't like, 
this is oversimplifying it, but it almost feels like the regular season doesn't matter in a way. I mean, it does because you have to win the the required amount of games to get to the postseason, but the Bills are in such a different spot to where if you're not making the playoffs, and that is a a colossal disappointment, but it's it's really not even about just making the playoffs. It's about okay, what do you do once you're there? How do you advance past what what you did last year? What are what exactly are you going to uh, become in the playoffs? And and are you going to be like all of a bunch of other teams that make it to an AFC Championship game and and wilt in the playoffs the following year, or is it going to be a different one to where you take that next step as a franchise because you have all of these different things um, going for you, whether it be the retention of basically the entire starting roster, or you know, really diving deep into creating a better pass rush to help stymie some of the stuff that uh, all the other teams do, like you know, whether it be Patrick Mahomes is the one that immediately comes to mind, but there are other good quarterbacks in in the AFC as well. I mean, Lamar Jackson, like, do you have enough to? To keep him at, at bay because the Ravens, you know, as long as not everyone gets hurt in Baltimore like they have been the past two weeks, um, they're, they should be a pretty darn good team this season. You know, same goes is the uh, same goes with uh, some of these other young quarterbacks that are show some real promising potential, like Justin Herbert, and I think I think the Chargers are going to be good. Do the Bills have what it takes to um, check some of these some of these players to the where? where if Josh Allen and the offense don't have their best, like in the AFC Championship game, can they, do they have that counterpunch to where they can, uh, they can, they can actually win some games uh, thanks to their defense. So all of these different things, it all leads to the same point. The, the regular season, you know, fun because there will be fans in the stands, which there weren't last year. And, and the expectation is that they should win a bunch of games and they probably should win a bunch of games. But, you know, it almost feels secondary to what should be the real season here. And I know, I know Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean will not want to think about, about it that way because they're very weakly oriented. But, I mean, for a lot of people that are observers of this team, it's just... Like that—that's what it all boils down to. Like it's just just getting into the dance is not is not good enough anymore. I mean the the level of expectations are are high around here. Yeah, and I think you know I I struggle to you know the the term Super Bowl or bust is a uh, you know always thrown around. Yeah, this team isn't in a situation where they have one year to pull it off. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like um. I mean, the Buccaneers last year are a decent example, though after last night it looks like they're probably not in a one-year window either. But when they go and get Tom Brady and you know throw the money around, you're kind of going all in on the 2020 season. You're, that is Super Bowl or bust in some ways, right? If it doesn't work out, then you're, um, you're setting yourself back. The Bills, certainly the goal should and is, should be and is the Super Bowl. If they don't, win the Super Bowl, I mean, it's hard to consider everything a failure because it's still built to be same expectations next year and probably the year after that, uh, unless, you know, there's some unforeseen circumstances. So 
it's kind of like I said before, if you're good enough to get yourself into the mix and the right things break your way, you should get one eventually. Uh, as long as you have the quarterback, the offense, the, the pieces to pull it off. And it looks like they have most of those in place, how long they can keep it all in place and uh, keep it on this upward trajectory, you know, remains to be seen. But you're looking at a team that, that should be, you know, I think last year it was exciting to see, you know, for a lot of people to see what they did in the regular season and the records that they were breaking and the numbers their quarterback was putting up and, you know, having a receiver lead the league in yards and receptions. But now I think there will be, and people should have gotten excited about that. People should have, you know, celebrated the great regular season success. And uh, it was a much more fun team to watch for people than it had been in many, many years. But I think they can, you know, now people will probably be able to properly contextualize it all. The regular season will still be a fun ride, especially if they're doing what what they did last year. But people are going to be, you know, the team won't, but but fans will have an eye towards January and what that's going to look like and how they're positioning themselves for January and who the matchups are and how they match up against the best teams in the league, uh, more so than, you know, beating the hell out of the Dolphins or, you know, whoever, you know, they may crush along the way. Mm -hmm. It'll be about how do they stack up to the league's best because that'll provide the best possible preview of what they're in for once they do get to the playoffs. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's almost setting up for them as well as it did last year, at least within the division. Um, you know, you can probably speak to, to what the Patriots have going on, but it's at, at first glance, it's, it's rookie quarterback, um, and a pretty good defense, but, but the offense might, might, uh, you know, need some time to really, get things together. The Dolphins just have kind of a train wreck of an offensive line right now. And we don't really know what their, their second year quarterback is going to be this year. There were some rumors that they were trying to trade for Deshaun Watson for some insane reason right now. And, um, and, and then the Jets, I mean, they, they did all, all of these great things in the off season to where it's, you know, they, they get a, a quarterback in Zach Wilson who looked really good in the preseason, but the, and they they sign all these guys that are that uh, are pretty good, and then you know their their top pass rushing player that they sign in free agency, Carl Lawson, goes down with a season ending injury in training camp, and um, so it just it just kind of feels like these teams that are within their division are just kind of a year away from to where they're going to make some real noise to try and contend with the Bills for that AFC East crown, and so from that perspective. You know, they have to handle their business, but by all means, but, you know, it, it also leads to the, the thought process that, okay, well, at the very least, if things go awry, at least a little bit throughout the confines of the rest of the regular season, there's probably a good chance that they're, that they're going to win this division and then they can round into form in the playoffs if, if need be. But, uh, but yeah, it's, um, there's just a lot about this season that just makes it feel well, it's consequential, but also inconsequential all at once. Um, just, just in terms of how they need to perform once the games get real in inside the the confines of the playoffs. Yeah, I think you know you're trying to make sure the team is hitting its stride at, at the right time. Everybody's 
you know, the right people are staying healthy, you know, the whole deal. And that's, you know, all part of, you know, regular season football. And I, I think too, just like having those good seasons, you know, whether they end in a Super Bowl or not is part of the fun, you know, mm-hmm. not necessarily sure. being in the hunt, you know, being pretty comfortably uh, in the playoff picture and jockeying for seeding and seeing how, you know, maybe, you know, like last year they lose to the Chiefs and Titans. And those are, you know, playoff contenders and, you know, these rivalries start to form. It's hard to have rivalries when you're nine and seven, seven and nine. Um, you know, you, you, the stakes feel higher in those regular season games. The whole country's watching the Bills and talking about the Bills and arguing about the Bills. And so I think that's, you know, part of what, you know, makes the regular season feel meaningful. But at the same time, when, you know, I think people in Buffalo appreciate how rare an opportunity it is to have a team like this in the NFL and certainly around here. So that's why the Super Bowl feels like it has to happen. You know, it has to happen now. It has to happen mm-hmm. while they're this good because, you know, it's everybody knows how fast things can change in the NFL. And it looks like, you know, when you have a quarterback, things are usually going to be pretty good for quite a long time. But, um, you know, even yeah, I, I think about like Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and how often they've been hanging around and, you know, to have just the one Super Bowl, like it's hard to win a Super Bowl, even when you mm-hmm. have uh, seemingly every piece in place. So, um, you know, that's what what the Bills have to to learn to do. They have to, you know, learn to handle that moment and learn to handle a season while they're in that you know, spotlight while they're in that, you know, tier of teams that everybody's gunning for. And it's going to be cool to see, you know, how they do it because, you know, it's, it's new territory for them. Even last year when they started to become that team throughout the season, they still could, you know, play the card that nobody believed in them. And that's just not the case right now. A lot of people Mm. think they're going to win a lot of games. And uh, I think it's, it's one of those, situations where um they have to handling that throughout the season i think will help them when they get to the playoffs yeah multiple national reporters and writers and talk show hosts have picked the bills not only to make it but to win the super bowl the thought that they could possibly be an underdog here is just poppycock honestly (laughs) i mean it, it is this is the year of the highest expectations for this franchise in quite a long time. But it all has to start with one game. And that's where, you know, maybe it's good to kind of transition into what to look for this weekend going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers, which when you look at it, just because, you know, like we like you just said with uh, Aaron Rodgers and, you know, and all these other big-time quarterbacks that have been with a franchise for a long time. They're just always in the conversation. They're always in the mix. They're always uh, right there for a playoff berth, and if not not that, winning the division. That's been the way it it has been with um, Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers. And the automatic notion when you see Bills versus Steelers and with the, the way that these two teams have matched up the last two seasons, you're like, oh, well, this is going to be another close game. But, 
Yeah, there is a lot of change happening in Pittsburgh right now, and it almost kind of feels like that they are on the precipice of complete change um, coming up in this offseason. So it is an interesting mix of, okay, what are we going to see from the Steelers? Because I really feel like their season can go one of two completely opposite ways. Like it's either Ben Roethlisberger has a has a renaissance of, of a season and and gets this team back. You know, the, the running game gets going like they want it to with Najee Harris. Uh, and the defense is still, you know, considerably better than most defenses uh, like they were last year and that they're going to be really good. Or the wheels could just totally fall off this thing. And, and we could see, you know, the Steelers have a real... Uh, real tough time of it and be near the top 10 of the draft. So yeah, it's, I, this is a incredibly compelling matchup when you, when you look at the two sides and, and where they are in their builds. Yeah. I don't have a tremendous amount of season long confidence in the Steelers, but it will still be uh, not a pleasant matchup. I think at times given their defense uh, and the pass rush that they have and, you know, the way they can scheme up defense, it's not going to be, a walk in the park, but I do think the Bills have, you know, enough offensive pieces to to handle it and, you know, weather the storm a little bit. You know, I think it's hard to keep this offense down for four full quarters. It's hard to, you know, limit them too much. There weren't that many teams that were able to do it last season. And I think that alone, you know, should help the bills here because what the Steelers have going on offense, uh, I think is anybody's guess, you know, they're, they've got a a good rookie running back, but they've got a quarterback who, you know, seems like he's on his last legs uh, and has been for, you know, a little while. Certainly the end of last season looked uh, questionable from his standpoint. So it doesn't strike me as a, a team as, equipped to handle the bills as they would have been in years past uh, even last year um, I just don't know that Ben Roethlisberger is going to come out of come out of the gate you know firing on all cylinders and you know I'll be there's always so much unknown early in the season with what teams are going to be and how everything's going to look but uh, it it feels like you know that you know it was is it still a six and a half point spread you know i mm-hmm. think you know that's a pretty good number like i feel like the expectation should be that the bills win this game by a touchdown because they're that much better than the steelers are and it says something about the bills because the steelers while i don't think are on track to be one of the elite teams in the afc i do think they are the type of team because of how they're coached and how they play defense that even when they're not great they're always a tough out, but it still feels like that touchdown type of spread is exactly where this game should be sitting. Yeah. And, you know, it almost to me, and I'm glad you brought up the spread. It almost to me feels like that is um, Vegas trying to use the Steelers past reputation as bait to go oh six and a half these teams have, have been good like st- the Steelers started the year 11 and 0 last year to try and get people to you know pick the Steelers but I don't know it, it almost feels like that this is this is a I hate to say a shoo-in but it, it almost feels like the Bills should should uh beat that beat that six and a half point spread at home in front of um 
a full house at Highmark Stadium for the first time since 2019. Um, and you know, having all of these things going their way. I have legitimate questions about three different areas of of the Steelers um, roster and how they stack up against some strengths of the Bills. You know, the when you look at, uh, I, I touched on it before, the cornerback depth uh, for them, they lost both uh, Mike Hilton, who signed with Cincinnati to a huge contract to be their nickel corner, and and he was a trim, he was a really really stinking good uh, nickel corner last year for Pittsburgh and really helped their defense in a lot of different ways. Um, he's gone. Steven Nelson, who was one of their boundary corners, he's gone. Um, so I mentioned it before. Now they're down to a 32 year old who might be near in Joe Hayden, who you know was good, but when once you get to 32. 31, 32, 33 years old in the NFL, there's usually a decline at, at some point. And, and some, some of these guys fall off a cliff, especially if they're playing a lot of man coverage. Uh, so that might be something. But even if he's solid, you know, past him and Cam Sutton, you, there's just a lot of question marks. And I just don't know that the cornerbacks have uh, what it takes to be able to stay with the top four of the Bills receiving uh, receivers this year with Stefan Diggs, Cole Beasley, um, Emmanuel Sanders, and Gabriel Davis. So uh, I think there's a legitimate advantage there. I think the offensive line of the Steelers is kind of a mess right now. You know, they, Zach Banner, who they thought would be their starting right tackle, they put him on IR. They're going to be starting a rookie who they picked in the fourth round in Dan Moore, who had a good preseason and, and fans of the Steelers seem to be excited about him. He's going to be starting a left tackle. Um, They've got uh, Chukuma Okorafor, who is starting at right tackle, who was going to be their starting left tackle until Zach Banner went down. But now he's over on the right side. He he wasn't that great last year, just, just in itself. They're starting a rookie center in Kendrick Green. They're starting um, an inexperienced guard in Kevin Dotson, who looked good last year. Uh, don't get me wrong. He's, he's probably uh, the guy who I think is best equipped uh, on, this, on this team to deal with. Um, uh, to deal with the the Bills' new and improved defensive line, uh, and then at right right guard they have Trey Turner, who has a good reputation, but wasn't that great at pass blocking last year, and and it just kind of seems like maybe maybe his best best years are behind him as well. So when you have that combined with the Bills' defensive line, who is might be one of the deepest in in the NFL, you know they might not have that crazy. 15 to 20 sack guy on their roster, but their depth is, is pretty close to the, the top of the league, I, I would expect. Um, so that is a, is a big time advantage uh, in, for the Bills. And when there's that much unknown with the offensive line, and if they want to be this power run scheme, and you're going up against a bunch of veteran players who uh, of a defensive line who you know should be able to win that matchup, then, then I, I just, I just honestly don't know how the Steelers are going to go score for score with the Bills in this game. That's that's what it basically boils down to for me because I, I, just, I don't know that I trust Ben Roethlisberger anymore. I don't. I definitely do not trust their their run game early on in the season until the offensive line starts to gel and get some more experience. So honestly, I think I think the Bills are going up against the Steelers at probably the right time because the Steelers are still trying to figure some stuff out right now. Yeah, it's it, last year the Steelers started out so hot, but it feels like right. the Bills uh, 
have the ability to match up with them all over the field uh, at almost every spot. I mean, maybe the Steelers can get something going in the running game, but we saw last year how you know hot and cold that was for them. So I think the Bills' defense is better in 2021. I, I think it's a good group. I think, um, you know, maybe not a top five group in the league, but I think there'll be some improvement and the pass rush should be good. And Ben Roethlisberger does not look like a guy that is going to be getting away from rushers the way he did early Mm -hmm. in his career. So I I see no reason why the bills don't win by two touchdowns. Frankly, I think it's, you know, you talk about expectations season long, right. Of, you know, super bowl and, and this and that that's, you know, weekly, uh, at times too, right. You know, last year or a couple of years ago, it would have been hard to say, Oh yeah, the, the bills win this by, by a couple of scores. Um, now it's like, yeah, the bills should beat the Steelers by a couple of touchdowns, uh, pretty comfortably. And I think, uh, that speaks as much to the, the change in dynamic with this bills team as anything. Yep. And so let's, let's, uh, make this, Official then, uh, Bills versus I almost said Beals twice today in this in this podcast. By the way, uh, Bills versus Steelers. Um, the the spread is six and a half. Do you know what the over under is? Because you know we got to get our our Vegas picks in there. What is the over under? Yeah. So Bills versus Steelers. Bills are six and a half point favorites. Um, and the over under is I'm depending on. On my fearless co-host here, because I, my mind is not working as I'm trying to Google as as we podcast here. Uh, oh, I got it. Fifty forty-eight and a half. Is it? Is that right? Okay. Um, I've I've got, got on. Um, yeah, let's see. I should go to BetMGM. This is great. Oh yeah, great compelling compelling podcast final episode here. <laughs> As as we go, well, not not the final. Yeah, really not the final. It's just a see you later. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but we'll get into that as soon as we we figure out the. Uh, the <laughs> but I'll I'll find that. Who do you have? Um, who who wins? Uh, who who uh, covers the spread? I'm pretty sure I know what you're going to say, but uh, just just to make it official. Yeah, I think the Bills win. I think the Bills cover the spread, uh, and I think. You know, I'm really struggling to find the over under, but um, <laughs> I, I think they win. The just game. let's just say it's 48 and a half. I think the game is like a 24 to 10 or 28 to 14 type of game. 48 and a half as an over under strikes me as you know probably take the under in a game like this because if there's one thing the Steelers can do, it's play defense, but. I don't know. The the Bills offense can really get after it. And uh, I think that's, you know, kind of a dangerous factor in picking the under in any game that they play in. But I have a feeling the Bills defense will be good enough to hold the Steelers under, you know, say 17 points. And then that makes it a little tricky, um, you know, to bank on the Bills scoring in the 30s. But they did it a lot last year. So uh, I think it's... Um, you know, I don't feel super comfortable on the over/under, but you know, especially since I didn't know the number until uh, you know thirty seconds ago. But I, I think <laughs> um, you know the spread looks like a, a comfortable one that I, I think they can 
uh, they can hit. It is 48 and a half, by the way. Yeah, on, on bet MGM, it's, it's 48 and a half. Okay. So glad we figured that out and it, and it took a minute off everyone's life. We apologize about that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you on, on all fronts. I think the Bills win. I think um, the Bills cover. Uh, and I, but I'm going to take the under on this game because I don't, I mean, I, I trust the fact that I think the bills are going to be able to do their damage on offense, but I also think the Steelers still have a, you know, a good, like an above average to good defense to where they will be able to slow down the bills a bit, not like to a grand scale, but I think the reason why I'm going for the under is because I don't I don't know that I trust the Steelers to to score a whole mess of points here. Um, so I'm taking the Bills to win, the Bills to cover, and I'll I'll go with a final score of 27 to 13. So that that gets to 40 points and um, you know it, some comfortable room to spare there between the Bills and the Steelers. It just it just feels like this is heavily tilting towards uh, towards the Bills at least from a matchup perspective. All right, um, so since Matthew Fairburn, this will be the last time we hear from you until New England week. Um, how about you put your uh, your season prediction for the Bills on record here? I mean, why not? What do you, what do you have to lose at this point, right? Yeah, that's right. I, th- I had them at 13 and 4 when we did um, a writing, uh, some sort of preview. Of the many we did, I think it was the roster breakdown. We we threw mm, records out yes. there, and I think it's probably a twelve or thirteen win team, depending on injuries. They'll make the playoffs. They will once again win at least one playoff game, probably more. Um, I don't know if I'm ready to pick them to to get past the Chiefs yet, but I think they're going to give them a much better much better fight than they did. Uh, a year ago and really the chiefs to me look like the only team that when healthy you know can can stop the bills that can you know slow them down it's not to say another team won't trip them up along the way Uh, we've seen it happen a bunch over the years but everything happening in baltimore with injuries uh, you know is certainly uh, casting some doubt over their season i think the titans are are a tricky team you know and they've given the bills trouble recently Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, as far as matchups go, you know, the Colts last year were a tough team, you know, but I'm not entirely sold on Carson Wentz. And, you know, I think, you know, Kansas City has has what it takes. Obviously, they've done it year over year here and they're the the team to beat. But I think the Bills have closed the gap maybe a little bit um, Mm -hmm. just with experience alone. You know, that's what it took the, the Chiefs at one point. Um, you know, it was a tough playoff loss to, to figure it out. And I think, you know, if the bills follow that pattern, they'll be giving the chiefs a much better, much better fight, but not quite ready to say, you know, that they're ready to knock off the chiefs, but I'm interested to see them try. There it is. Okay. Um, so I know a lot of people, you know, when, when on Twitter, at least when, when people, uh, saw Matthew's announcement that he was going to be going to cover the Patriots for the athletic. Um, a lot of people were asking, okay, so what happens to the podcast? Is the podcast over and done with? Um, which first of all, thank you for caring about us that much. It, 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 uh, it was definitely 
um, nice to read that people are, are that invested. And, um, you know, we, we love everyone that, that listens and we love all, all of the interactions that we have over the years and, you know, tweeting Blaine Gabbert stuff at, at Matthew every time he does anything or even appears on the television. Um, but the good news is you do not have to worry about a thing. This, this podcast, this show will go on. We'll, we'll have, um, two episodes per week during, during the regular season. It's just, uh, Matthew Fairburn, because he's not going to be covering the Bills, he will not uh, uh, be be our co-host uh, any any longer after after this episode. So that for that reason, it's bittersweet. But the good news is he's within division, so that means he's going to pop onto the pop, pop onto the show twice a season, and probably I'll I'll bug him in in the off season as well, just because you know what why not? But um, the the good news is is that. Uh, I, I can tell you who uh, who is going to be filling in a bit. Um, it, it'll be happening on post-game shows uh, during the regular season. Uh, and I'm very excited about this because he's a guy that uh, that both of us really, really enjoy talking to, getting to know, a, good, a, a friend of both of ours. Um, the sports director over at uh, WKBW in Buffalo, Channel 7, Matt Beauvais, will be our uh, our post-game co-host on, on Sundays and Mondays, whenever the heck the games are. And so that uh, that at least is exciting to to have someone, you know, not it's going to be really tough to fill your shoes, Matthew. But, uh, you know, Beauvais is, um, I'm, I'm excited to get him into the podcast uh, realm because he's, He's an entertaining lad, and he knows his stuff. And and yeah, I, th- I think I think people are really gonna like him. Yeah, I think he's a perfect fit. Honestly, um, I wasn't sure like what what all would happen. Um, you know, with um, you know what the athletic would do, and you know how the podcast would would move forward. I knew you'd be able to to handle it regardless. But to have you know Matt Beauvais jump in and and help out, I think is going to be perfect. He's um, you know he's a perfect fit, you know, with all our conversations on the sideline. I know he's listened Mm -hmm. to the podcast a whole bunch, so he should be able to pick up on, um, on, you know, when it, when it's appropriate to, to bring up Blaine Gabbert and, you know, (laughs) the, the other intricacies of the show that are very important to the the listeners, but, uh, yeah, great, great dude. And, you know, a guy that everybody should be following for, for his, you know, coverage of, you know, all sports in Western New York, but, um, excited to, to hear him on the show, I think it'll be be a perfect match. Absolutely, very very excited to uh, to get him going. But yeah, like you guys, you guys all know Matt Matthew Fairburn and I have been. Uh, uh, by the way, we're replacing a, a Matthew with a Matt on, on post game shows, which is the, the irony is not lost on me. There um, tends to happen to me. Yeah, uh, when I leave <laughs> oh my places. god, I forgot about Perino. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, so yes, uh, so we're excited about that. But as you guys know, uh, Matthew Fairburn and I started this this journey a good like what has it been like five or six years ago on this podcast at this point. I'm you trying know, to from, think it was uh, it was was it McDermott's first season maybe? Um, I think I think we might have had a Rex that. year. So I think we ha- yeah because we we lambasted uh, a Rex for for stuff all throughout that season. Yeah, I yeah think we you're definitely right about did. That. We I, we I definitely right. did. Um, so so yeah, it's it's been quite a bit, and uh, we've it, it uh, it's definitely been fun. We've had we've had our fun with awards and everything like that. But uh, but yeah, like like you said, this is 
this is more of a, a see you later than anything. And I'm going to be, um, you know, blowing up your phone anytime I, I feel I feel the need to to to, <laughs> to get you on the show and uh, and and have you bloviate your takes, uh, whether about the Bills, Patriots or or other or otherwise. Uh, but, you know. Just uh, just from a personal perspective, thanks for everything. Thanks for being a great partner in crime. And uh, and yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what what you do um, going forward here. It's it's going to be a wild time. I'm I'm extremely, extremely happy for you, man. Yeah, it's going to be a little crazy for a while, um, yeah. but it'll be exciting one way or the other. You know, we'll. Um, We'll learn and who knows, who knows what happens down the line, but yeah. you know, it's, uh, it's been, been a great, great run on this show and, on uh, you know, covering the team together and from Doug Marone to Rex to, you know, <laughs> some semblance of normalcy over the last handful of years, um, with functioning football people running the show. Um, but you know, you were one of the first to, to welcome me here and, you know, you introduced me to my wife. So, um, you changed my life and, you know, looking forward to, you know, friendships not going anywhere. We're still teammates, uh, still in the Heck division. Yeah. So oh, yeah. as far as transitions and changes go, I feel like this one will be hopefully less drastic than, um, you know, it could have been. And, um, just, a a short ride down, down the 90 there i'll probably you know have to get used to not calling it the 90 anymore uh, <laughs> when i'm in massachusetts that old habits will die hard there i-90 um, yeah it's well it's technically the, the pike when you get into massachusetts oh so, yes okay um you know I, a lot of things i have to refamiliarize myself with it's been over a decade <laughs> since i've lived there full time it you know a lot of people excited you know that um you know i'm heading home but it's strange how much it feels like I'm leaving home at the same time. Yeah. So, um, you know, a lot of people will miss. Yeah, for sure. Well, it'll always, uh, it'll always be home for you. That That's the one thing about Buffalo. It's, uh, it's great in that way as someone that, you know, I left for a couple of years for, for college, uh, when I first started out and, you know, Buffalo it, it never stopped being home. So I'm, I'm sure it'll be the same for you. All right, Matthew Fairburn. One last time, any fond words of fair, even though you just did any fond words of farewell for our listeners of the Buffalo Beat? Yeah, I feel like I kind of emptied the chamber there, which is kind of the case every time you ask this question. I say something long and thoughtful and, you know, then you say any fond words of farewell and I've, you know, run out. Um, well, it's a bit at this point. We've had our fair share of bits over the years. It's true. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm grateful to grateful to everybody who's listened and read and followed along and um it's been been a hell of a ride all right so that'll do it for us um thank you everyone for listening to this episode and for all the episodes with uh myself and matthew fairburn um the next time you will hear from me will be after the game against the uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and joining me will be uh, will be one Matt Beauvais. So, uh, looking forward to breaking down this game and uh, and everything that this season uh, brings along. So, uh, 
For Matthew Fairburn, my name is Joe Biscalia. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this very special episode of The Buffalo Beat, and we will talk to you next time. See you then.